Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? For the here and now, I, I want to start selling out Salah Stadium before we, we kind of jump ship off the Aviva. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. It's uh, coming up on a quarter past eight. It's time to turn to the football. I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by uh, football writer with The Athletic, Quivo O'Neill. Good morning to you, Quiva. Good morning. Last 48 hours after Tuesday night, I'm sort of interested to get your thoughts on it. If the red half was buzzing as much as it usually is, or was the fact that United were so bad, has that taken any of the edge off it or still very enjoyable? No, still very enjoyable for Liverpool fans. I think, you know, the 5-0 was good. The 4-0 at the time of the season, this is, you know, the, this is crunch time now. So I think Liverpool fans heading into that game were a bit nervous. United might have done something to, you know, upset uh, the title race and sort of, you know, a defeat or even a draw at this stage for Liverpool sort of means it's game over, chasing Manchester City perhaps. So I think, you know, they were happy to get that win. But as soon as the game kicked off, it just, you know, if it was quite clear quite quickly that Liverpool were going to, you know, uh, ease through the game as they did. You could tell from Thiago's showboating that that was going to happen. And Manchester United's lack of pressing the ball, they just gave Liverpool lots of room to run into. And that's the kind of performance Liverpool can pull off when they're not challenged. And the, the tightness between City and Liverpool at the minute, the points difference and the fact that the lead is going to swing one way and the other, isn't it, over the, over the coming weeks? And I'm assuming that Liverpool fans are following City games almost as closely as uh, their own matches at the minute. But it did strike me that like, if you're waiting on, the like, and it'll get tighter and tighter as the weeks go on, but you're waiting on the likes of Brighton, Watford, Leeds to do you a favour is a short path to going grey quickly. Quite painful, isn't it? But Liverpool fans have been here before and, you know, City fans will be in the same boat wondering whether, you know, United could have done anything. It'll be Everton at the weekend and Newcastle, Tottenham and teams like that in the weeks to come. So, you know, both sets of fans and even managers and players will have, you know, their eyes on each other's fixtures. But it is about Liverpool just winning their games and, you know, hoping and, I guess, praying for something to happen with Man City for them to slip up in one of the games just a draw as I said for either team would you know probably render the the race over so you know it's it's crucial Liverpool keep on winning but I do sort of look at both sets of fixtures and think you know probably at some point they're going to drop points either team but you know it hasn't happened just yet they, they obviously drop points against each other but that felt like you know Liverpool got out alive there and you know it sort of spared them on going into Wembley uh, the next weekend and that, that performance was brilliant and the performance against United was so it feels like there's a real momentum with Liverpool at the minute You mentioned there a moment ago Thiago's showboating kind of taking the piss out of Manchester United the other night and it does feel that he's kind of taken the Anfield crowd to a whole other level again that there is this magician in midfield when he's on the ball that is really exciting the fans to a level that maybe any of the other midfielders over the last couple of years just haven't been capable of doing as effective as they have been. Yeah, I think this is Klopp's plan all along. He's always been looking to find, you know, those marginal gains and also players who he thinks will take this Liverpool team to a new level. And I think Thiago was almost that missing piece that Liverpool fans didn't really know that was missing. And, you know, as soon as he's he's come in, he's had a difficult first season. He obviously gets an injury, which, which keeps him out for a long time and disrupts it. There's no fans in the ground for most of the season. But this season, you know, he's really taken to being a Liverpool player and the fans have really taken to him. I think it's 14 league starts without defeat when he when he starts. So, you know, you can tell the kind of impact that he's having on this Liverpool team. But 
just to watch him play is a joy. Like I've I've never watched a player like that before. And for Liverpool fans to be getting to watch him week in, week out is just, I mean, mesmerising. There's some passes he makes when I'm like, right, I'm going to keep my eye on him now. I'm going to try and watch where he's going to pass the ball. And then he still surprises you. You know, he's like a snooker player, like a, a few shots ahead every with every pass. And yeah, he's just incredible to watch. And I do feel like he's all, all, almost raises the level of the players around him because his passes almost make them have to sort of, you know deal with them almost sometimes he passes the ball to people and it looks uncomfortable how he's done it but you know he's managed to scoop a ball across or over and players just have to deal with it that he's almost constantly raising the level of those around him and he brings that real winning mentality with him you can tell he's a winner and he wants to win and he's the type of player that will be really crucial in the coming weeks for Liverpool the snooker player aspect is having read your piece during the week it absolutely nails it uh almost raising his own level as well, Quiva, to a degree. Is that fair enough to say that he's he's never been as on it as he is at the minute? Who's that? Sorry. Thiago. Yeah, I don't think he's performed like this for Liverpool before. He's just come into that rich sort of vein of form at the minute. Um, you know, playing, not being able to play at Wembley against Chelsea was, um, you know, upsetting for him because he was, he was starting in that League Cup final and there was tears because he'd hurt himself in the warm-up. He, I mean, he got to show what he's all about at Wembley against Man City and will, you know, continue to show Liverpool fans what he's all about. But like I said, he just raises the level watching him. It just takes this Liverpool team to a new level. And, you know, I've been saying for a while now, this team, I thought it was the best team, best Liverpool team ever a couple of years ago, but it's almost even better now. So it's just, you know, I think Liverpool fans are enjoying this journey, certainly. There was so much around the Salah deal, whether it would get sorted or whether it wouldn't. And then there were some indications a couple of weeks ago that it would all get ironed out. And then, as fortune would have it, uh, Luis Diaz um, doesn't quite arrive on the scene, but certainly makes his presence felt in a way that you almost felt that if Liverpool were to lose Salah, that it would be less of a blow given the emergence of Jota in the way that he's been there and now the the emergence of, of this guy. Um, and, and look, at I guess the ultimate outcome after all of that is that Salah gets tied down and they just have to keep four or five world-class players happy in the team week in, week out. Yeah, it's a difficult job. Jürgen Klopp's got, isn't it? But I think you know the addition of uh, Luis Diaz has really taken Liverpool to another level as well. He's just brought energy and excitement and fun. Every time you watch him on the ball, he's just you know like a kid in the playground. He just wants to run with it and have fun. And he's he's brought a new energy to Liverpool that they probably needed. You know, halfway through the season, he's been just incredible. And you know, I think he's been a real um, signing for Liverpool and will continue to be. So he's you know, almost one for now, but also one for the future as well, as you mentioned there with Salah and Mane, you know, both uh, turning 30 and, you know, going into the last years of the contract. So it's it's difficult sort of for fans to even, you know, think about Salah or Mane not being Liverpool players. As, you know, what they've given to the club has been just outstanding and, you know, they'll go down in, in club history. But Liverpool fans aren't ready for that yet. They, you know, they want more from these players and that's the hope that they can, you know, get them committed to contracts. And you mentioned Diogo Jota as well. The thing with Liverpool, it feels like, you know, even when 
they're building for now, they almost building for the future. They found a player like him who's gonna, you know, dominate you with imagine for years to come. So they're always, you know, looking for those edges now, but also for, you know, the seasons to come, which I think they never did for such a long time. So I think that bodes well that, you know, the, the good times might just keep on rolling for Liverpool. And the good times for Liverpool is all that Liverpool fans will need, but in the context of this season, seeing Manchester United struggle, seeing Everton in relegation trouble. If we're being honest here, that makes the season all the better for a Liverpool fan, I'd suspect. Yeah, Liverpool fans probably, but I mean, they're just having such a good time on their own. They don't really, that's the thing with Liverpool fans. I think they've always just enjoyed what their team are doing. I haven't looked sideways too much, you know. They'll be looking up at, at that one point and chasing Man City down. That's the, the main focus for everyone. And I think, you know, to do something like a quadruple perhaps would be, you know, it's never been done before. It would leave just, I mean, it would be, imagine the parades for that. It would be incredible. So the Liverpool fans have always, I think, been focused on Liverpool and, um, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be a tough game against Everton with them battling it out. Obviously, Burnley getting picking up three points against Southampton last night. So, you know, I think they'll probably get more of a fight out of Everton than they perhaps did uh, against United in the week. Mm. A fight might not be enough, of course. There's a big gulf in quality there. Just before we get into the bones of that, are Everton going down? Do you think? Pardon, sorry. Are Everton going down? Do you think? No, I think they. I think they'll manage to to do it and and stay up. I felt like there was a bit of momentum there. Obviously, with Charleston scores a late goal, you know, points like that can just be uh, defining for a team. And yeah, I, I don't think I'd like to see them go personally. You know, my brother's an Evertonian, and you know, most families on Merseyside, you know, split down the middle, red and blue. As much as there's banter between the two sets of fans, it'd be pretty weird not having a Merseyside derby to look forward to uh, a couple of times a season. The, the five point is an interesting one because it was one of the biggest criticisms obviously of United during the week that whatever but the lack of quality there was seemed to be little fight there and you assume as you say that Everton have loads of it but the golf in class Quiva I'm assuming means that at some point or another Liverpool get to stretch the legs a bit about this like the result of it is surely not in doubt Yeah I mean every game I think Liverpool fans are approaching it with sort of nervous energy because it's just you know every game is crucial at the minute but like they did that with the United game and then I mean, within 10 minutes, you kind of knew where it was ending up. So I feel like the, the first 10 minutes almost set the tone for the Liverpool games at the moment. That happened at Wembley. You know, you knew as soon as the first goal went in, that was it. Like, Liverpool were going to be winning that game. Even, you know, the City come back with, with two goals in the second half. There was always that feeling that you know, Liverpool would ride that storm and, and get through. Because sometimes there's just a feeling with them. And I think you'll you'll see that on Sunday uh, straight away and then... You know, Real will will uh, come to Anfield, and you know Liverpool have the chance to put themselves in into a, a final of the Champions League, which is you know the third one on the Egan Klopp is just, I mean, an incredible thought, isn't it? So yeah, just so much to look forward to, obviously with a FA Cup final in place as well. And Liverpool have touched really lucky with injuries in the past few months. You know, the squad's been pretty much fully fit, which, you know, they didn't have last season. So the injury gods are sort of looking down on them, I think, so far. What's interesting at the moment as well is that there's been a real trend over the course of the season of of using Liverpool as like the barometer of how to, or maybe even a blueprint of how to actually make a football club good again. It feels like that theme has been there around Arsenal over the last couple of seasons. Manchester United very much tapping into it now. Ranić himself said there's a six-year gulf between ourselves and Liverpool as if, you know, time and patience 
are the number one ingredient required to take a club to Liverpool's level at the moment. But from having covered them over the last couple of years, Quiva, I, I presume... There's a, there's a hell of a lot more to it than that. There has been like huge success in the transfer market, huge success in recruitment, obviously the biggest success of all in getting Jurgen Klopp into the club. Yes, there's been a lot of patience involved with Liverpool, but there's also been a hell of a lot of good decision-making that's taken place that other clubs aren't necessarily just, they don't have a God-given right to have themselves. Yeah, I think Liverpool won the lottery with Jurgen Klopp, to be honest. You know, I think his approach to, to this football club has been just, I mean incredible really when you look at the, the kind of marginal gains he's looked for in every way on the pitch and then off the pitch as well like you mentioned the recruitment has been phenomenal um, you know selling Coutinho and bringing in Van Dijk and then Alisson you know always bringing in the right players and players like Andy Robertson who's you know been just one of the first names on the team sheet for such a long time now just you know, bringing those players together, Salah, Mane, you know, you could go through the entire team, pretty much most of them are Jürgen Klopp players. And I think, you know, the job he's done, the job Michael Edwards obviously has done and, the, the you know, those who work behind the scenes on recruitment and just, you know, coaching, every sort of part of the club just feels like it's all clicking into place. And like you mentioned, you know, United might be a few years away from that as Liverpool, you know, went 30 years without a title. You know, they had good times during you know, those 30 years, but they weren't always good. And, you know, the one thing that got away was the league title. So, yeah, I think Klopp has almost rebuilt Liverpool. Um, and, yeah, fans are just made up with that. I think, you know, talk about Salah and Mane and, you know, other players perhaps like leaving in the coming years. But it's Jürgen Klopp as well that Liverpool fans want to stick around because obviously his contract's still 2024. They want him to, to stay forever, I think, because... You know, he has brought the, the good times back to Liverpool and just in his approach to um, being a manager. He rotated out loads of regulars, obviously, for the Benfica game um, and they had that cushion from the first leg or that comfort almost. Is that a gamble? And I use that word advisedly, given that their B team is is, uh, is pretty good. Is that a gamble that he's unlikely, do you think, to take again? Um, like that, that he's almost happy that that version of that team that played Benfica can do with Everton and keep all the rest or most of the rest fresh for Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he rests and rotates players because that's been something Liverpool have done for such a long time. I think, you know, Manchester City had to do it after playing Atletico Madrid. So at Wembley, you know, they rested a few key players and I think that really did show. Uh, but, you know, Guardiola and Klopp have been brilliant at it and you, you have to do that with the amount of games. Liverpool might end up playing every game this season, which is incredible. You know, if they get to the Champions League final, I think it might be about 63 games. So, you know, not every player can play every minute, although Andy Robertson will try to do that. You know, you have to bring them out and bring players like Costas Simakas in, who's been, you know, a real find for Liverpool because he's you know brought that same level of quality Robertson brings to the left. And, you know, I think it's like Canate and Matip, how... You know, Klopp's been able to to rotate them, how he's brought in Joe Gomez, obviously, who's, you know, sort of now fourth choice for centre-back at the minute after his injury, struggled to sort of regain that. But, you know, he's coming in at right-back every now and then for Trent and Alexander-Arnold. So I think, you know, the way um, Klopp has approached it in terms of, you know, wouldn't shock anyone if Thiago, Thiago for example, gets a rest against Everton and then plays against Villarreal, you know, 
Um, I think resting and rotating these players has been key and fundamental to you know where Liverpool have been able to to get to and you know their pending success this season. And just finally, before we let you go, you mentioned earlier on the uh, Liverpool winning the lottery when they got Jurgen Klopp. Do you think United have hit the jackpot now as well, or what's your sense of the impact that Eric Ten Hag is going to have? I mean, reading his quote yesterday, you know, he sounds like he, he's up for the rebuild, isn't he? So, you know, watching his Ajax teams, Ajax teams are always pretty much fun to watch, and you know, they, they've all, I think they've got such a long sort of history of youth players bringing in youth players. I think they've got like a really crazy streak of like there's been a youth player sort of an academy player in the team for like years and years um, for pretty much every game so you know they've got that philosophy there I think he'll bring that over and really work with the younger players and you know help bring them through but also sort of do what Jürgen Klopp did and you know getting rid of the the players that, that don't fit you know and and moving them on to, to other other clubs and you know, that takes that can take two, three seasons, if not more, to sort of do that. It won't happen over the summer for Manchester United, but I guess he you know, needs to have that support that he'll be able to do that, bringing the players that, that he sees. You know, it is easier said than done and it will take a time to sort of happen. But I think, you know, you can see from the excitement of United fans that they're pretty excited about this new direction after, you know, it's so difficult to to replace someone like uh, Alex Ferguson and they've sort of, you know, brought in plenty of management in, in between them. But, you know, Liverpool might eventually be in that sort of boat after Jürgen Klopp, post-Jürgen Klopp being at Liverpool could be could be similar given the the um, success he's had at Liverpool. So it'll be, it's always difficult replacing a, you know, a, a massive sort of figure like that. So, you know, United might just get it right with this one. Yeah. Uh, all right, Quaver, thanks, million. Enjoy the football the weekend. Thank you. Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? For the here and now, I, I want to start selling out Salah Stadium before we, we kind of jump ship on the Aviva. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.